Welcome to the podcast, sponsored today by the MBTA's new PERC program. We're talking about a bill pending on Beacon Hill, which, if approved, would directly intervene in the labor dispute between National Grid and the 1,250 steelworkers the company locked out of work in June. National Grid has raised questions about the legality of the bill, but the legislation nevertheless seems to be picking up some momentum, at least for holding a public hearing on the labor dispute at the Statehouse. It seems clear that the fires and explosions that occurred on the natural gas network of Columbia Gas in the Merrimack Valley have become background noise in this labor dispute between GRID and the steelworkers. I'm Bruce Mole from Commonwealth Magazine, and joining me is the chief sponsor of the National GRID legislation, Representative James O'Day of Worcester. Welcome, Representative O'Day. Good afternoon. How are you today? Good. You filed a bill dealing with National GRID. What would that bill do? So, you know, you mentioned two things here a little bit today, um, you know, what had gone on with the, with the explosions. So the bill predates those explosions, and I think it's important to note that. Um, uh, the bill that I filed uh, goes back to the beginning of that, or- that initial and original lockout by National Grid uh, with those. Uh, That's now uh, about six months ago, right? Yeah, I think it actually commenced uh, at the end of June, and I filed the bill sometime in July. And uh, that, you know, the bill having been filed or filed by me was really done through uh, my frustration with a... Uh, you know, a national or uh, international company um, walking away from the collective bargaining table uh, during the time that they were in negotiations and uh, essentially saying, you know, you know, final and last offer, take it, or we're locking you out. Um, I, I just don't think that that's the way that we should be conducting business here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I'm a longtime union guy. I worked for Service Employees International Union as a social worker for the Department of Social Services for over 25 years. I was a regional vice president. And uh, I can assure you that there were many times where we didn't agree with what was going on across the table from us. Um, but I always felt it was important that uh, you know work continue to be done and negotiations, negotiations continue to occur, and where the national grid completely just, you know, forced their workers to no longer be able to come to work, uh, taking away their ability to, to earn a wage, to provide for their families, uh, taking away from their, uh, their health insurance. I just, I just felt that that was wrong, and, and that's part of what my, partic- my particular piece of legislation goes after. Um, you know, and what would it do? You, 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 you mentioned some of the concerns that union workers have. What would your bill do? So the, so the bill ha- does a couple of things. Well, I hope it does a couple of things. Uh, one was to continue to make certain that during the walkout that the, uh, that the employees still were able to have access to their health care. Secondly, that no um, sort of, um, you know, uh, increase in, in, in uh, revenues be uh, obtained by the national grid through work being conducted through the Commonwealth of Massachusetts so that they're, they're, you know, they're not having the, uh, the opportunity to uh, in- increase their sales, so to speak, while these people are not being allowed to go to work. So obviously the piece around the health insurance piece would be 
something pretty new, right? That would be, um, I don't want to know, I don't know if it would actually be a precedent or not, but it would be new uh, to, for the legislature to sort of weigh in on such an issue. But I felt so strongly about what was going on there that I thought I needed to file a bill that would at least hopefully get the attention of some of my colleagues, uh, certainly get the attention of, of National Grid and, and hopefully force them back Maybe force is not a great word, but at least to get them back to the bargaining table, get people back to work, and continue to have an opportunity to resolve uh, the remaining issues that you know management has with with these two unions that are still now, as you mentioned, uh, six months out of work. So, um, I I don't have a knowledge of what's been done in other cases, but it does seem like this is an instance if your bill were to pass, where the legislature would be intervening, obviously, directly in a labor dispute. Um, is, is it because it's a utility, or do you think this, if, if any company did this? Well, you know, I think I would, I would um, have to sort of speak to that from my own opinion, all right? I think you're right. I don't think that uh, with other companies that the legislature has sort of you know, way, you know, um, waded into that kind of a fight. Uh, but certainly where it is a utility, I think it gives it a little higher priority, if you would, because of, you know, the risk of, you know, just making sure that work that's being done out there is being done by qualified individuals. Uh, you know, and I will speak to the fact that as I walked in here today, we both agreed it's cold out. Right. Um, and so, you know, this whole idea of this utility, uh, making certain that we're able to get, and again, it, uh, the bill predates the issues, and, and unfortunately, uh, individuals, families up there in the Merrimack Valley are still dealing with the loss of of uh, heat, uh, the loss of natural gas coming into their home. So I think you can draw a conclusion uh, that you know, because of those important issues. It does give it a little higher level of importance where the legislature, you know, again, I, I'm I'm hoping that the parties come together, go back to the bargaining table, and resolve it. But that's not happening, and so you know maybe it is a matter that the legislature, um, you know, and again we don't do this uh, lightly at all that we we may need to be involved. Um, now, National Grid. Um in fact, their president, their Massachusetts president, came on our podcast, I don't know, several weeks ago, and she said they do want to negotiate with the unit. They did lock the union out, doing all the things you mentioned, but they do want to negotiate with the union. It does seem like both sides are sort of dug in um, uh, on their respective positions right now. Mm -hmm. um, and the union, I think, some might say, this legislation is going to put pressure on National Grid to settle. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, bargaining is is an art form. I think, uh, having been on a number of different bargaining uh, at, at a number of different bargaining tables, uh, I, I think that National Grid, the the management of National Grid, was had a very tight set of circumstances that they feel compelled that they have to have. 
uh, in order to continue to, you know, I've, I've spoken with both sides. I haven't spoken with, um, you know, not in, in, in depth anyway, with Mossy Reed, who was the, the president. Um, but, you know, there are a number of other unions that have employees at National Grid, and they and National Grid is very quick to point out that all of these other unions have accepted the, the proposals that they were given. And in my conversation with National Grid, it's like, well, you know, we have all these other proposals, and it wouldn't be fair to these other unions if we didn't do exactly the same thing with, uh, you know, the folks at 1,203. The steel workers. Right, yeah. the steel workers. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that that argument holds a lot of water, as far as, from my perspective, anyway. Um, so... Good for National Grid, I suppose, in their in their negotiations with these other company with these other unions, they came to an agreement, um, and those other unions gave up certain things, right? Um, I'm not exactly certain what National Grid gave up in those in those negotiations, but for for the steel workers right now, it is important for them uh, that new hires have a good health benefit, that new hires have a good, strong retirement benefit. Uh, it's, you know, an injury to one is an injury to all. And so, you know, they feel very strongly about that position. And I think, you know, they see importance to them as a union, to their members, to their existing members, to their new members, that that's an important issue for them, that, you know, you because I think one of the fears is that you have haves and haves not, right? New people, so they can almost Treat be them differently. Yeah. as a, a second-class citizen, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that that is a really important part of what um, they're trying to negotiate. And now a word from our sponsor. Time is money. Commuting can be a pain. Save time and money and make your commute a little easier with Perk the new Transit Pass program from the T. With Perk, you get a monthly pass that automatically renews and get savings on your taxes. Ask your employer how they can sign you up. For more info, go to perk.mbta.com. That's perk, with a Q, .mbta.com. You feel the legislature would say, let's raise it up? Ratepayers can pay that amount. Is, is that... Um you're not saying what needs to be negotiated with your bill, but you're sort of saying, you know, you can't do any more business here until you uh, get things back under. Well, let's get people back to work. Yeah. Right? You know, and I think, uh, I know I, I've read some information on the impact of what has transpired with 1,200 people out of work uh, economically. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, folks are having to, they're earning less money weekly, obviously, from their unemployment benefits. Uh, they're not having the same opportunity of putting money into the economy that they would have been able to should they still be working. But the point that I wanted to get to, and it's always an argument that a lot of managers always seem to leave off of the argument, right? And so it's very important for National Grid's management and their st stockholders to earn money. Right. Mm -hmm. So how about if they earn a little less? How about if Massey Reed earns a little less? I haven't heard any talk about what sacrifices 
those folks have been asked to make, if any, uh, during any of this conversation, rates, you know, rolling back onto the consumers and what have you. Well, some of those rates may be able to be lowered a little bit if if those in upper management take a little less money. I never seem to hear that end of the argument when we start getting into discussions around what's going on with the union, how much money the union members are making. Listen, uh, if they weren't organized out there, National Grid would like them to work for $5 an hour, is my opinion, right? So they are organized. They're strong. They're strong in their argument. They're strong in what they believe in. And, um, you know, I, I think they're willing to negotiate, uh, but they, they can't do it if they're not able to continue also to support their families at the same time. So one last thing I want to ask you, as you pointed out, you filed your bill before the uh, disruption, the fires, explosions in the Merrimack Valley. Um, the bill uh, sat there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fires and explosions happened. Gas now, gas safety, pipeline safety is a, is a pretty big issue uh, among the public. And obviously on Beacon Hill, there's a number of hearings being scheduled to talk about it. And your bill is, uh, while separate, focused on a separate issue, nevertheless sort of caught up in that whole that whole issue. Are you concerned, as the union says, are you concerned that this lockout is um, is could lead to problems in the national grid territory with – you know, management and, and replacement workers doing a lot of these uh, Sure. I, 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 think, um, I think that that's been a part of the conversation since the explosion, right, uh, both in the Merrimack, Merrimack Valley and in um, Woburn, I think it was. Woburn. Um, so, you know, long before the explosion, I think folks have somewhat of a, you know, underlying concern with, with gas lines and gas leaks and, it's, it's volatile. Um, that, that's probably too strong of a word. But, you know, we have to always relative to, to public utilities have an eye on, on the importance of its safety and its delivery. And um, I think that when, we, when we're without a number of folks who are really well trained in that, I know that the grid says that the supervisors that are out there, are, you know, they have years of experience and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, I, I don't think that there's any replacement for those folks who do it day in and day out and really understand the nuances of laying a laying pipe, of knowing what the cold weather has to do with it, and so many other um, aspects of being safe. So um, I, I think as winter now is fastly approaching and folks are still without uh, the kind of, of uh, reliable services that they've become accustomed to, that, you know, I think Speaker DeLeo uh, has done a, a, a good job recently of trying to get people to really look at what's going on and 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 uh, you know where we're now going to have a couple of hearings that I'm, I'm hopeful again that the continued discussion around this will 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 wind up with a positive outcome and it seems like in addition to your bill the speaker the governor who is a Republican have all expressed some I wouldn't say sympathy, but some camaraderie with the union in this situation, urging them, them to come back, to urging the company to take them back. Do you think there's sort of broad-based support for your bill now? 
You know, I, I think we're going to have to wait and see uh, how the hearings go. Um, and I'm hoping, again, as we continue to have this attention paid to the issue, that uh, you know, National Grid and the, and the unions will continue to try to get together and work on it. Um, you, you know, as I mentioned, there's some language in my bill that would be precedent-setting, right? Mm -hmm. And anytime you're filing a piece of legislation like that, let us also remember that we're in informal session now, right? I filed this bill towards the very end of our formal session. There was lots of things going on. We had five or six, seven maybe different conference committees being heard. So for this particular bill at the time it was filed to have maybe, you know, slid a little bit off the back burner, uh, the winter wasn't here yet, um, you know, and, and so at that point in time, um, folks had only been out of work for a little while with certainly hopes, I'm certain, that uh, it was going to get resolved. But now here we are several months later, winter's knocking at our door, cold weather's at our feet, and families up there in the Merrimack Valley are very, very concerned. Thanksgiving's next Thursday, Christmas is the month after that. People want to have their families in tow, in town, celebrate, you know, feed them, keep them warm. And so uh, with this us also being an informal session, a lot of things would have to happen for some real movement on this bill. Not to say that it couldn't happen, because it could, um, given the, um, the importance of this bill. You know, or, or scratch that. Not the importance so much of the bill, but the importance of what's going on right now with still hundreds of folks locked out, winter quickly approaching, Many homes in Merrimack Valley still without heat. Um, we're hoping something will move the meter forward. A hearing would at least draw attention to it, the issue. No question about it. Representative O'Day, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for your interest in, in the bill and certainly in your interest of hopefully we can come to some resolution uh, with this and let all these families that are struggling a little bit right now have a better, a better holiday season. Thanks. Thank you.